Welcome to the Hutto Community Church Podcast. HCC is located in Hutto, Texas, and is led by Pastor Russell Daniel. For more information, please check out our website at huttocommunitychurch.org. Uh, but today we're going to continue our message uh, series called Fixer Upper, and today we're talking about this is the place. And uh, when you get a fixer-upper, you decide that that is the place that you are going to invest your time and your resources, and you're going to use everything in your power to uh, make that place your home. So uh, I want to start with the question today. Um, Do you remember the place? Do you remember the place? Now, a lot of things might come to your mind. You might think about the first spot that you first met your spouse. I remember the spot that Brooke and I first uh, had our substantive, first substantive conversation. Uh, it was right outside of a softball field at Walnut Creek Park down in Austin. And that was the first time we really even said more than hi to one another and started to get to know each other. Uh, I remember the first real conversation we had after that, which again was at a softball field uh, at Walnut Creek Park. And I walked away from that conversation thinking, I might want to have a serious relationship with this woman because she is right up my alley. But there's other places that are important, right? Like, do you remember the place where you got engaged? Ladies, some of you probably remember that place with very fond memories of when uh, your gentleman got down on one knee or maybe he did something really sweet for you and asked you to be his wife. Probably remember the place where you got married. Uh, that's often a, a very special place for couples. And uh, for others of you, you have special places that are your job or you have a special place that is your home. And this morning, I want you to know that God uses places in very powerful ways. And, and places are very special to the Lord. And, and we're going to kind of walk through uh, the scripture today. and We're going to look at important places in the scripture. And so just bear with me here as as we walk through this list of places that were significant. First is very obvious, the Garden of Eden, right? That was a very special and perfect place. Sin had not entered the world at that time, and God had made that place specifically for Adam and Eve. And he walked with them in the cool of the evening there. That was a very special place. I think about the place Uh, called Noah's Ark. It was a special place of deliverance for Noah and his family that uh, God helped Noah to build and to save the world through that place. I think about when God called Abraham to that special place uh, that we now know as modern-day Israel, and we read in Genesis uh, chapter 12 and verses 5 through 7, the call of Abram. And Abram took his wife Sarai, and his brother's son, Lot, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. And when they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. I will give this place to you. So he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Places are very important to God. You flip over to the book of Exodus and you see that 
um, in chapter 3 in verse 5, he says, um, the Lord says to Moses, he says, do not come near, take off your, the sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. That was the place that God called out to Moses and took his life that really Moses had thrown his life away and it was not worth anything. And in that place, God spoke to him and said, I have a mission for you. It was a special place. Skip down to Exodus 13.3 and uh, it says, For by a strong hand the Lord brought you out from this place. Here he's talking to Israel. And as they were called out of Egypt, out of the place of slavery, they were going to the place called the promised land. God brought them out for a special purpose. In Exodus chapter 15, uh, there is a, a really a song in what is really a prophecy. And it says, you will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. See, Moses was prophesying of the day when the Israelites would be in the promised land and the temple would be set up and they would worship God in that place. Then in Exodus 33, when uh, God has said, you know what, I'm done with Israel. I'm done with these people. They're uh, stiff-necked people. They're stubborn. They don't listen to me. They don't worship me. I'm done. He told Moses, he said, you take the people into promised land. I'm not going. And Moses said, if you don't go with us, then we're not going at all. You have to go with us. And in that moment, in that conversation, then Moses says, I want to see your glory. I want to have a closer relationship with you. And so in Exodus 33 and 21, he says, And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And in that place, the glory of the Lord passed by, and Moses was able to see the glory of the Lord. And his physical appearance was literally changed in that place. You fast forward a few hundred years to First uh, Chronicles 15 and 1. And it says, David built houses for himself in the city of David, and he prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched a tent for it. The ark of God is where the presence of God was, and so this was the place for the presence of God to be. We know that then Solomon would build this extravagant temple there on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, which was the place, the holy place where God would dwell with his people, where he would be worshiped, where they would come and where they would, sa would have sacrifice, where they would have fellowship with him. It was a very special place. Now, that's all Old Testament. You fast forward to the New Testament and you can probably guess the three most significant places in the New Testament. The birthplace, the death place, and the resurrection place. Place where Jesus came and was born in that stable, in that little cave in Jerusalem. And nobody knew but the King of kings and Lord of lords, the God of this universe, came and was born in that place. It was on Golgotha, outside of Jerusalem, where he was crucified. And in that place, in that place, he said, this is how much I love you, that I am willing to go to the cross and I'm willing to die for you. And then, of course, the resurrection place where he busted out of the tomb and moved the rock that had been sealed by the Romans saying, I have overcome life's greatest enemy. I've overcome death itself. It was in that place that he made his full glory known. 
But then there was also the Garden of Gethsemane, the place that he had with his disciples. There was the upper room where he had the last supper with them and he served them and wrapped a towel around his waist and got down on his hands and knees and washed their feet. It was that same place where the Spirit of God came in powerfully in Acts chapter 2 and indwelled believers. Places are very significant to God. Places are very significant to God. But I want us to see uh, something a little bit more important here, and I want us to see the pattern of places. Because places aren't just special for no reason. God has purpose in everything he does. So first we see that God appoints a place. Now, as we go back through, we've noted all, all these different places that have been appointed by God. And I think there's some special places that have been appointed in my lifetime. Now, not every place that I have been has felt like it has been an appointment from God. But I can tell you, uh, like uh, the, the houses that we have lived in uh, here in Hutto have really felt like they've been appointed by God. And, and again, not every house I've lived in has been that way. The first house we, we had together in Pflugerville, not like that. The apartment I had before Brooke and I got married, not like that. But the first house we moved to, uh, the Lord used in a very special way. And it, was, uh, it had a couple of quirky things about it. Now, listen, we love the house, okay? Like, don't get me wrong, we, were, we loved the house. But God had appointed that because he knew our needs before we even got to that place. And he provided that for us. And then when we went and moved to the house where we are now, again, we didn't know what God was doing, but he had appointed that place knowing we would need something different with the growth of our family and with Brooke's business that was different from where we were. And he appointed that place. I believe God appointed us to Hutto. Like I, I've told you this story before, but when... Um, we were searching for where we would plant what was originally ACF Hutto, the satellite campus that, that became Hutto Community Church. As I was driving on 130 and, and overlooking all the neighborhoods to the east uh, from Pflugerville north into Hutto and seeing all these wonderful neighborhoods that are being built, and I said, Lord, where are all the churches? Where are the steeples in the middle of these neighborhoods that are reaching people with a life-changing message that Jesus Christ has come and is here to save sinners. Where, where are they? And I felt the strong pull of the Lord that we had to move here. And I believe that God has appointed us as a congregation, as a people, as you as individuals to be involved in the life of the community here because he has a great purpose for us. I believe he's appointed this place and his spirit wants to do something different here. He wants to see his kingdom grow and his people expand. But I believe God can also appoint jobs for us, and he's given us specific tasks and specific places for specific times. And, and, and God has purpose in all of that, and we'll unpack that here in a little bit. But I want to go off script here for a minute. As I was laying in bed last night and thinking about this message, and about 11 o'clock, I had to add a point. And so I got up in the middle of the night, and Brooke said, what are you doing? I said, I got to write down something for the message. But I believe really and truly that God provides for the place. And this is not in your notes, but he provides for the place. Right? When you go back and you, you look at the scripture, even from the very beginning, the Garden of Eden, God provided everything that Adam and Eve would need in the garden. He provided everything for Noah and his family uh, to be on that ark, for the animals to come and to walk on that thing. 
He provided everything for Abram and Sarah, right? They acquired great people and possessions before they came over to the promised land. You think about as the people of Israel came out of slavery and out of Egypt into the desert and then to the promised land, what did God do? Before they left Egypt, they plundered the Egyptians and he provided for them to go to the place that he had designated for them. God provides for the place. I think about our church and how we ended up here. And and listen, we're a, a wonderful, small little church, but God provided resources for us to be able to come here to be able to do everything that we, I mean, this place was trash, but if you hadn't seen it before, I mean, walls were missing. There were pipes sticking out everywhere. There was electric just hanging all over the place. God provided so that we could move in here, fix all of that. God provided in a very miraculous way for Brooke and I to move to Hutto, which we sold one house, which was the exact amount we needed for the house that we moved into. And we moved to the house we are now. He provided the exact amount we would need Again, God provides for places. He provides for places. But I think also God appoints places. He provides for places. But then he plants us in the place, right? God doesn't provide a place so that we can go to the place and then get up and wander away. He doesn't do that. He wants us to be planted, now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that we want to be a people who are planted. We want to be like that 100, 200-year oak tree that is solid, and when the tornado comes through, it might lose some branches, but it's still there because its roots run deep. It is planted. You know, generally, we all do better when we're planted in a place for a long period of time. Now, I understand that we live in a very transient society and we often change jobs and go from from place to place. And sometimes that's necessary because uh, you can't seek a promotion where you are in that current job and you've got to go somewhere else. Sometimes the Lord just leads in in, in a way where you go uh, somewhere else and you're not planted for very long. But generally, we all do so much better when we are planted. And when you are secure in, 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 say, your job, and you're there for a long period of time and able to work up the, the ladder, uh, man, that, it provides security for your family. Families do better when they're planted. I'm not saying we don't move, but, but generally when they're in one place for a long time, that gives stability to kids that they don't otherwise know. And it just helps them uh, develop and grow and, and mature in a very special way. I think about my family, and we moved twice when I was a kid. Uh, we moved once when I was four. And then we moved again uh, when I was going from eighth grade to ninth grade. And I'll tell you that that second move was really tough for me. And we were planted for so long, but the stability that being planted that we had there gave me the strength and maturity to face the challenges of moving to a new place. And so even whether it's our job, whether it's our family, and let's just be honest here, church, we all do so much better when we are planted in a church for a long period of time because it allows us to sit under the same teaching and hear the whole counsel of the word of God over time. As we build relationships with other people and and we're strengthened and encouraged by those relationships, when hard times come, there's stability in our life. 
We have people that we can lean on. We have people that we can trust. We have people that we know are going to pray for us and are, are going to walk alongside and deliver a meal to our house and pray that God would move in a very special way during those difficult times. It is essential that we be planted. And you might be a visitor here today. Maybe it's your first time and you say, well, man, I had not been to church in a long time. Well, get planted. It doesn't have to be here, but get planted somewhere where you can be with the people of God and hear the word of God over the long haul. So God appoints a place. He provides for the place. He plants us in the place. Now, I want you to really get this one because here's where the rubber starts to meet the road. He gives us purpose in the place. All right, so once he appoints the place and provides for it, and then we get settled there, we're planted, that's when his purpose begins to come out. Even as we look back over, over the scriptures I read, there's purpose in all of those places. In the Garden of Eden, it was, it was fellowship with God. It was to rule and to reign over the animals and the plants that were there. As the people of Israel came into uh, modern-day Israel, the promised land, the purpose was to be able to worship God freely, free from all the other constraints of the, all the other gods and all the other religions of that area, that they would be a holy people committed to the Lord and also be a light to the world around them. Now, they didn't do a very good job of that, but that was their purpose, right? When Jesus died on the cross and was rose again, what was the last thing he told his disciples before he left? Go and make other disciples of all the nations of the world and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And church, I would tell you that is our purpose. That is our purpose, that we would go and to make disciples. Now, I think there's something really interesting. As I really looked over the scripture this last week and really prayed over it, there were two things that really stuck out to me about purpose. That God appoints places and gives us purpose. And, and let me get this right. The purpose of the appointed places is relationship and mission. Relationship and mission. And so I would just say to you, God is after your heart. God is a good God. He is benevolent. He is not angry with you. He loves you. That's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross, is because he loves you that much that he would go to the ends of the earth, that he would give his son to leave the throne room of heaven to come to this poor, suffering-filled earth to die for you. That's how much he loves you. And so he wants relationship with you. And so through this process of appointing places, providing for places, planting you in a place, he is whispering behind the scenes that I'm good and I'm giving you these things, but the ultimate goal is relationship. He's saying, I love you. I want your heart. I want to know you. I want you to come to me with all of your problems and all of your troubles and all of your struggles. I want you. But I think also, not only does God want relationship with us, he wants us to be in relationship with one another. I mean, that, that's really 
half the purpose of, of the church body is that we would be in relationship with one another. You go through, especially survey the New Testament and all of the one another statements that are in there that you would encourage one another, uh, that you would build one another up, that you would bear with one another because some of us are hard to bear with, okay? It's difficult that we would be there for one another, that we would lift one another up, that we would pray for one another. And on and on the list goes that we would be a resource for one another. So the purpose of the appointed places is relationship, relationship with God and relationship with man. But then he also gives us mission, right? He's given us that command, uh, the great commission to be on mission with him to reach people because he doesn't just want relationship with us. We're not supposed to stay in our little holy huddle and just be the, you know, 30 or 40 of us that gather together every Sunday and we say, oh, this is great. We go have lunch together and we have small group during the week and never change, right? There's a greater purpose here that he wants relationship with others who are out there and hurting and don't know the love of God. And we are the people, we are the conduit through which that flows. And so God works through these places to put you in a place because he needs you to be surrounded by the people who are also there in that place so that you can be the light of the world, that you can be the salt of the earth and say, God loves you too. Maybe you don't see it. Maybe you don't feel it, but I'm here to say that God loves you and we welcome them into our body of Christ, into relationship. So church, here we are in this place, this place. And I believe with all my heart that God has appointed this place and he has planted us and provided for us in this place for a greater purpose than just being here on Sunday mornings. I believe that he has brought you, every single one of you, from the littlest all the way to the oldest for purpose. Not only that we might be in relationship with one another, that we might be one another's family, that we might be a resource for each other, but that we might be on mission with God. Now, sometimes I just have to say that God brings people in our life and puts them in a place for other reasons beside the mission. Sometimes it's rest. You've been through such a difficult time in your life, or maybe it's been so stressful, or uh, maybe you've gone through a, a divorce or whatever you've been through. God brings you to a place so that you know you're loved by him and you can rest in his peace and his presence. Other times it's for recovery and, and, and you've been addicted to some substance or you've been uh, struggling with some sin in life and he brings you to a place for recovery. And there's a whole myriad of, of other reasons why God does things. But listen, all of those things, whether it's rest, whether it's recovery, whether you just need to grow up a little and mature, all of those things lead back to mission and they can't be done outside of relationship. And so church family, I would just tell you that when God puts you in a place, it might seem random. It might seem like God has forgotten you and that you're just walking through this life all alone. Let me tell you, that's not true at all. God has purpose in all of the places that he puts us. And if he's not provided for your place, then something might be off. It might be that you need to pray in the resources. It might be that that's the wrong place and you should run from there and go somewhere else. And then he plants us in that place. 
And he gives us great purpose there. And so when it seems random, know that God always has a purpose for your life. And his purpose is to draw you closer to him so that you might know him deeper, that you might know him more, and that you might be connected with others who are also trying to do the same thing because we do this thing together. What we do, church, we do together. And that ultimately, we might live a life that is on mission for Jesus, telling others the good news that Jesus saves, understanding his peace and his joy, his provision, his goodness, and his love. And so, church, I would tell you that this is the place. When we come together, our purpose is to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords, to build our relationship vertically, to connect with one another horizontally, to recharge, and then to go out beyond these walls and to be on mission with Jesus. And so, again, as we close here, if you've been a part of our church for the last three weeks, you know that I'm unashamedly asking you to be a little bit more engaged, to be a little bit more on mission, to dive into a little bit deeper relationship, that you would join one of our Bible studies this fall, a women's group that's going to be studying how to hear the voice of God on Sunday evenings. We've got a men's group that's going to meet on Wednesday nights. They're going to be studying the book called Sacred Romance reminding us that God is after our heart. We've got small groups, that, as I said earlier, they're going to be walking through the book of James verse by verse together, encouraging one another in the word. And the purpose of all of this, again, is relationship here and relationship here, that we might be on mission for Jesus. We're asking you to serve. It's one of the things we value here at Huddle Community Church is serving not just out there, but also serving the body of Christ. And we're asking you to just Find a place to serve, to plug in, to be involved. We have a lot of needs and we're a small church and so it takes all of us. I don't want you to do all of it. Just do one thing once a month. Be involved. Give just a little bit of yourself. And when we come together, when we do this together, I promise church, we will be amazed at what the Spirit of God does in us and through us to begin to change our community. And so churches we close today. I want us to bow our heads and I want us to close our eyes. And I just want to tell you, if you've never had a relationship with Jesus before, today could be the day that that starts. And, and it's not complicated. God didn't make this complicated for us. In fact, it's as simple as ABC, really. Just admit. Admit that you're not a perfect person that you failed, that you've got sin in your life. And, and the truth is that, that God can't interact with sin. Meaning there can't be a relationship there if there's a barrier. And so we got to do something about it. And scripture tells us exactly what we have to do. So first we A, admit, then we B, we just believe. We believe that Jesus is who he says he was. He was the son of God that he died on the cross, and then he rose again for the forgiveness of our sins. We believe that. We believe that with all our hearts, so much so that it changes who we are. And so we see, confess that to him in prayer. And it might sound something like this, Jesus, I, I know that I'm a sinner. 
I know that I have things in my life that are not pleasing to you and, and they keep you and I from having a relationship. And I simply ask for forgiveness of my sins because I believe that you sent your son to die on the cross for me. And I confess my sins to you and God, I, I commit to following you with my life the best I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. And you might pray something just really simple like that and then something magical happens. God forgives your sin and he gives you his Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, that is your encourager, that is your convictor, that is your guide and leads you in this life. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or visit our website at huddocommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.